Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Happy New Year. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Brandon Kirkpatrick. He's founder and CEO of Catalyst Consulting Group, and we're going to hear all about what his company does. And his, today's conversation is all going to be about business. It's going to be talking about process improvement and so much more. And I'm happy to welcome Brandon to the show. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we connected through Podmatch and kind of uh, tell the audience your backstory, how you got started and what Catalyst Consulting Group does. Right. So um, I went to school to be an electrical engineer. And so I did that for about three years out of college. That was that was pretty tough. But, you know, working with NASA and working with a lot of technology is it's not simple. It's very complicated, but it's also very bureaucratic. Um, that was <laughs> that was kind of my first introduction to lots of red tape, uh. and then really, really from there got into finance. So how are how are things um, funded? Things like that, and and doing doing a lot of stocks and bonds, but then working in back end systems to try to tie all that stuff together, and then went into the nonprofit world. So ever about three years, you know, there's been a pretty big change for me. And so went into nonprofit, really working heavily inside of systems and process improvement. And that's when I got my MBA um, locally here. And so really going through that process was was really interesting. And then started at a, a startup tech firm where we were doing hardware and software. So I've been around, I've seen, I've seen really large companies, bureaucratic you know, nightmares. I've seen really small and there's no tape and that's also a problem. And so really through all, throughout this process is just learning. There's a lot of different ways to do basically everything and how, how you go from where you are to the, to where you want to be is it's a pretty simple process. And so th- that's, that's kind of my back backstory of, uh, you know, process improvement and, and helping in operations. Yeah, quite interesting. Your story actually reminds me of uh, Elon when he's when you're. Talking. <laughs> oh man, yeah, not not quite that level. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not quite that level. No, it's like uh, it's like SpaceX could just outpace NASA. Just putting your head down and working hard, and that's a yeah. that's a lot of process improvement. So so what I do now is I'm a business advisor, but I really help companies see where they are right realistically and and it it may be a one person company it may be a 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 it doesn't it doesn't really matter the size uh, usually the larger the size the more complex and the harder it is to see reality but how do we go from this place where we are to where we want to go 
um, there's a lot of people involved, right? And so a lot of the challenges that I've actually seen are they they really boil down to communication. I know that sounds crazy, um, but just about everywhere I go, uh, it's it's a fundamental miscommunication or misunderstanding. Not everybody's on the same page, right? And so maybe founders or owners know where they want to go, but they haven't communicated it. And so how do we communicate well and really drive people toward this new place? Well, that, that starts with communication and, and really over-communicating the same thing over and over and over again, and then looking on a, on a smaller scale to figure out like, okay, how do we get there? So if we want to expand by, you know, 20, 30%, how do we get to that? Because maybe our footprint can expand. So it's creative problem solving and just really good communication. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I love that. Um, and I'm, you know, talking about just like the bureaucratic red tape and just how the government is so inefficient and just lefts everything up. Um, so kind of talk about this navigating diverse business environments and you have a, you know, unique background, um, all the way from NASA to family owned businesses. And what are key strategies, principles that help you navigate and succeed in such different environments? I think it's really easy to look around the world, right, and see all these businesses that you would like to emulate, that you would like to become, but that's not you, right? And so you you have to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest about where you are, and, and maybe your people don't have the skill sets. Maybe you don't have the same customers. Maybe that's a completely different demographic. And so you you have to be honest with yourself and and, and base your decisions in reality, but. How do you go from, I think business is really simple. It's really, really simple. Um, it's good decision-making, right? But that starts with an underlying, uh, uh, an underlying foundation of here's where we are. Here's where we actually want to go. Communicate that. Let's get everybody on board here, right? And, and, then, and then we can drive to that. But if you're rooted in a fantasy world of, you know, but but we want to be like this company over here. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not who you are. And maybe that's who you want to be, but you may have to give and take a little bit. And so it's all about making good decisions and and, and rooting yourself in in honest reality. Yeah, the, like I love that. And kind of talk about this. Uh, you talk about the chaos loop and what is what is the chaos loop? What are the common cause? And um, provide an example of how. You, you've helped the business identify and break free from the cycle. Right. So when, when I started at a tech startup, uh, that was chaos loop 101, right? So every about three days, the CEO would go tell the software team what to develop. And so uh, they would have to think about it, right? And, and then every three days, there was another chaos. What do they do? Because if they don't work, now, they're, now we're wasting money, right? And so this, this chaos, chaos loop that, that that I've kind of I've kind of coined this term. I don't think anybody else uses it. But it's how do we get out of this doing this thing where we're only putting out fires? And, <laughs> and and the way you do that is with structure and planning, right? So who who comes in to take ownership over that? How do you basically say we know things are gonna are gonna break and we have to deal with them? But how do you remove yourself from that loop? It's really hiring good people, empowering them, right? Empowering good people to take ownership over things 
and and letting them be accountable, right? So n- not only say, hey, you've got this thing, it's your responsibility now, but hold them accountable to a standard. Well, there has to be a standard first, right? And so when I, when I started in the tech startup land, that's what we were doing. Running through, we were just running through this process about every three days where we would have to go tell the software team what to do. And that came out of the CEO's brain. And so when I started, we started things like Jira. Jira is a, it's a product management, project management type of platform. But that is one system that you would put in place to get out of this loop that's specific to software. And so things like that of understanding what's available, what's out there, maybe there are systems that are available, maybe there are people that are available, but how do you get out of this? How do you get out of this? It's putting systems in place and people in place to work that system. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then the next question is um, talking about is um, implementing lean processes and you've likely encountered many approaches to process improvement and what is the what makes lean methodology stand out for you and kind of share a success story from applying lean principles in biz, in a business setting? Yeah. So there's, in my opinion, there's really two big ones. There's Six Sigma and there's lean. And some people kind of lump them together. Six Sigma is all about measuring things and then reducing defects, right? And so lean is more about continuous improvement. I feel like if you have to compare the two, especially in an office type of setting, it's, it's kind of hard to measure defects in an office setting, right? I mean, you, you can do it, um, but it, it, it becomes tedious. And there's a lot of money that goes into lean, uh, that goes into Six Sigma, whereas continuous improvement can be across the board, right? And so I think that in, in general, everybody can improve, right? So we can all improve in different aspects of our lives every day, it's easy to digest for any person in a company of, hey, here's what your job is. You're, let's say you're processing paper, paperwork. That's all you do every day. Well, if you only do 10 a day, can you do 12? What would, what would it take to get there? What would it take to go from 10 to 12? Okay, well, let's identify some of these things and then implement them. And, and maybe it's a spreadsheet. Maybe it's a, a different system. So it's this creative problem solving around. And so that that's what I like about Lean is that it's digestible for everybody at every level of an organization, whether you're at the top or the bottom. Um, but it also puts the onus on the person doing the job, right? So you identify as a leader, hey, I'm a CEO, I'm a, you know, a medical director. How are we going to take this to go from here to there? Anybody can come up with these. Right. It, it doesn't it doesn't have to be driven from the top down to say this is how you, how you're going to do it. But but what is done is, is is kind of driven why it why it's important. That needs to be driven from the top down. Um, and so there's this there's this balance in this trade off that that should naturally happen. And so just taking people through this process of critically thinking about how their business functions and then ways to improve once you once it kind of clicks lean is not something that you do right six sigma is something that you do you go measure you go reduce defects lean is something that you are right and so i think it's a state of mind rather than a thing that you do and and i think that changes things because again we can always find areas to improve we can always find you know a way to get a little bit better 
I don't care what level you are. Uh, there's always something you could be doing better. Yeah, that's so well said. We're kind of coming to the end, but you know, a lot of my colleagues and friends, you know, we kind of when we're hanging out, we talk about like it's hard to hire good people because the good people either they leave and they do their own thing, or and then the people are left are are not the they're not quite good for you know honestly. So for businesses looking to expand their team to manage growth better, what roles do you think they should? prioritize hiring for and how does the decision change based on industry or business size? What role should they prioritize? I think that it depends, right? It depends on the specific business, but I, I think I think in general, there, there are two ways to approach this. You can either hire the thing you need the most or you can hire the thing that you hate the most. <laughs> I like Hiring things that I hate doing that I'm that I'm terrible at, I would much rather hire an expert to take those things on because then it's really easy to give them really give them responsibility and ownership over that and to hold them accountable. Hey, you're the expert. I'm not the expert. I'm here. Here are the ground rules. Here are the expectations. But how does that change on on business sizes? You know, at a really small company, sorry, you may just be doing stuff yourself, right? Like if it's just you. But if, if we're talking about medium-sized businesses, um, how do you hire and retain good people? Talk to your people. Ask them what they want. Like, talk to the good people. Don't, don't ask them when they leave. Don't <laughs> talk to them. They're not going to give you the real answer. They're gonna, when you bring somebody in, those are the people that you need to talk to and say, hey, what's important to you? Like, let's talk about compensation. That's a, that's a great example. What do you want to get paid? What do you expect to get paid? Are, are, are things, um, maybe quality of life, uh, work-life balance is more important than, you know, money. Because there is a line there, and it's different for every person. But what is your community support? It's different for different communities. And so, really, it's about talking to people and asking them, what do they want? What will keep you here? Don't wait until they leave to try to give them what they want. Try to create that environment because if you can create a culture and an environment where where your really good performers want to stay, guess what? They'll stay. It's not complicated, right? Like so, I, a lot of these things are pretty trivial, but it's like people don't think of it like this. They 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 want to make it more complicated to solve this crazy problem. It's like I don't know why people won't stay. Well, like, have you asked them what they want? Well, no. Well, then like, how are you going to give somebody what they want if you don't know? <laughs> so, you know things like that are really, really simple. Um, and, and I think it makes it goes a long way. Yeah. How can people, um, you know, one final question is just, just for my um, own personal interest is like you, you're a real estate investor. And uh, how has this influenced your approach to business consulting and any parallels between real estate investing and building efficient business systems? Oh, that's, that's a great question. We own, you know, a rental house that, that we bought my wife and I, we bought it and then we moved to be closer to family and we kept it. But what do you do with that? Right? So things break, right? This is, this is true for any business things break and uh, who fixes it? How do you get new renters? those concepts are identical to business, right? So if you want to be the person that does all the things, then great. 
go do all the things. Go fix the water heater when it breaks in the middle of the night or, you know, you have a leak in the middle of the yard that's flowing thousands of gallons down, down the street, right? Like we've been there. We've had those plumbing problems. What I do is and what I did was I went out and I found a great company to manage it for me and I hold them accountable, right? So they're responsible for putting somebody in it and I get to step back and, you know, I get a couple of phone calls a year, right? Uh, so it's it's January 23rd. I got to pay my taxes. And so I will do that, right? But it's not it's not every day. So I think it depends on the owner or the, you know, the founder, how how involved do they want to be, the things they want to be involved in, and then hire out the things that they don't want to be. So I want to own and I want to collect that check. I'm willing to trade that off a little bit so I don't have to get those phone calls in the middle of them in the middle of the night or there's no renters and now I've got to find somebody to put in it like, or I've got to collect money and I've got to have those systems there. So there are things that I, I don't want to do and I'm willing to pay right for somebody to take those over. So all of those correlate directly into business, right? And everybody's different. So you may, you may want to be a different owner than somebody else. And so making that decision is it's all personal. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, real estate. They say that it's you know there's a saying it's a, it's a slow moving asset class. It's a sure thing, but it's really slow. I mean, it's big, bulky, slow, and then that's where you store long term wealth and you can cash flow. You know, taxes, depreciation. Um, mm -hmm. you know, people that are trying to get rich quick, you know, aren't going to do well in real estate. Um, and uh, all all of my business skills I've learned through by being an investor because you see all the shit that happens. You know, I've seen everything. Right. You, so. I mean. <laughs> like you you think when you own when you own a house it's the most complicated but when you're responsible for somebody else's house it is even more so right because now my wife and I may be willing to live in x right we may be willing to deal with something but that yeah. other person's paying you money every month right yeah. and so they expect a level of living and guess what happens if you get a bad reputation yeah you think anybody's going to want to move in unless they they're like the lowest paying type of type of people and they're going to tear the house up. Like, I mean, that happens, but you know, I, I think it's, it's all about, it's all about being honest with yourself, realizing here's what I'm willing to trade off. Here's what I want in return. And how do you find that balance with, with the circumstances? Yeah. How can people contact you and check out your work and so forth? So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search Brandon Kirkpatrick. I'm the guy with the big beard. I think yeah. I've got a blue shirt uh, on, on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, I'm also on online at catalystconsultant.group. So you can go there and uh, book an appointment. If you just want to talk, I'm happy to hang out um, or ex inspect, you know, a business proposal, you know, real estate. I, I do a lot of things, right? And yeah. so uh, th that's that's how you can find me, catalystconsultant.group. Yeah. And uh, let's thank, for the audience, let's thank Brandon for coming on a wonderful conversation. And be sure to check out his socials, uh, give him a like and follow, and check out his business website. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.